This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. End of a 15-game win streak that did not see the light of 16 games. A new Canadian record, but a loss for the Raptors tonight, losing 101 to 91 to the Brooklyn Nets. A free throw disparity that matters to some, maybe not as much to others. And a Kyle Lowry triple double that did not result in a win and a fantastic Serge Ibaka game that was extremely impressive, but will be lost to history. And not remembered as part of this streak, but just uh, bookending it, as it were. And on the other side, a loss to DeMar DeRozan, the man who left right before the Raptors decided to become a championship team. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, here to detail for you the Raptors' loss versus the Brooklyn Nets, going down 101-91. to A really tough game overall. Seemed like the Raptors could never get their offense going everything seemed out of sorts and that was pretty much the whole game there was Terrence Davis who we've come to rely on as a 50 40 90 threat going 0 for 6 in the game 0 5 from downtown including some great looks Patrick McCaw he's not the best shooter but one of six in the game for him OG Ananobi fell to the wayside offensively once again and the Raptors just not able to create enough offense throughout the whole game they played pretty great defense a lot of things to like defensively honestly in this one but the Raptors outside of some terrific shooting from Serge Ibaka 
some terrific spot-up shooting from Fred Van Vliet towards the end of the game. Siakam getting some mismatches, maybe some that he should have punished more often in this game, but, you know, that's the way it works. And Kyle Lowry showing off a masterful, I guess, presence of mind to recognize different cutters, different passing lanes that the viewer can't even see. And I think a lot of the time the viewer sees a pass and the players make that pass. And the viewer has a better... You have a better angle on the court. You can see so much more happening. You just you see way more than the players. So if the player's making the pass that you see, that's still fine vision. That's good vision for the player because they have to see over all of these uh, all these tall guys. But when the players make the passes that the viewer doesn't see, that's when it's transcendent. That's when it's a really impressive passer. That's when you're in the John Morant, Kyle Lowry, Trey Young, Chris Paul, Ricky Rubio, LeBron James. Let's throw him in there too. Grievous Vasquez in the in his lone year as the assist leader for the league with the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's throw him in there as well. Those types of players make great passes. Lowry was doing that in spades to start this game out. Brooklyn on the other side passing really well too. I believe they had eight assists on their first eight made field goals. The Raptors, you could tell the fatigue of this streak, not taking a single game off and having so many games. I believe it's five games and eight nights, which is a lot of games. That's a lot of basketball to have to play. Not a lot of rest. They're really going to rely on this All-Star weekend to get back into shape and assume form once again. But they they were fatigued in this game. They're definitely tired. And the Nets used, even though they have good dribblers like Karis LeVert, like Spencer Dinwiddie, they used the pass to beat the Raptors in this game, especially early. That's how they got their offense, passing around this moving Raptors defense and on the offensive end outside of Lowry finding OG Ananobi for his first four points and the only four points he'd score in the game which were presented in his lap by Kyle Lowry very very great passes that were made but Lowry obviously setting surge up for some great shots Pascal freewheeling on offense a little bit and that led to a couple buckets but some I guess they'd be just not the best shot selection as I've talked about on this podcast recently He's in his bag. He's looking for some new tricks. He's getting used to taking different types of shots, so he's using the glass a little bit more often. Going back with that fadeaway, that post-fade where the knee is up, taking away the balance of that that front right leg, which is very, very important to his jump shot. I think that was Nick Nurse who commented on Pascal Siakam's jumper. He said, align your right side. Make sure that foot, the knee, and the elbow are all right there, and you'll start shooting the ball straighter. It'll be easier, and that is something that Siakam applied. You can tell it. Just watch his right foot as he's lining up for a jumper. It's in motion, and when it locks in, that's when he starts going up. But yeah, he was doing his thing a little bit offensively and not to great success. And on the other side, outside the passing, DeAndre Jordan having his way a little bit. He was a problem all game for the Raptors, keeping him off the glass. He was very, very disruptive, even more so defensively than we're used to seeing. He's usually quite laissez-faire on that end. Obviously, though, he was a defensive player of the year candidate once upon a time, so he can he can dial it back every now and then, and he had a couple of those plays in this game, but mostly providing the Raptors with something to worry about on their own defensive glass. And the Raptors, you know, they, Kalari, they went after the two for one. He hit the front end of it, a really deep three, missed the back end of it, but the Raptors still down after the first quarter. It was a tough game. It was tough to see the Raptors struggling so much. Turnovers, missed passes, completely lazy screens, just not running these sets very well. Everything, and just not being able to cover 
the shell of their zone defense or compete on the switches in man defense when they were playing either or. It, it was tough, the Raptors laboring throughout this game, and that continued into the second quarter, although the defense tightened up a little bit for the Raptors, as it did for the Nets. I believe both teams were scoreless three minutes into the quarter on both sides, and that was not as big a deal for the Nets as they had already shown an ability to create shots, and their tertiary players were making shots, which was a good thing for them. The Raptors, not so much. People like McCaw, Davis, OG, as I said, not really providing much of an offensive punch. Guys like Torian Prince for the Nets, Garrett Temple, they're hitting shots, and that was a big difference in this game as well. Both teams exchanged runs in that second quarter, but the Nets punching back. I mean, the Raptors, we've seen them in this string of games. Obviously, 15 games is a lot of games to win in a row. It has literally never happened before in, I suppose, Canadian team history. I believe the Canadian women's basketball team won a bunch of games in a row. Or a Canadian women's team definitely won a bunch of games in a row that is more than 15, but a professional team hasn't passed 15. And so the Raptors hold that record, a Canadian professional team. And so in that stretch, the Raptors we have seen, but to get back to the point, we've seen them receive the punch back and come back even harder. They've had an infinite amount of stamina, a well to draw from ad infinitum just keep going always being able to go back to it draw strength stamina the indomitable will to win but in this game their punch wasn't as strong as the Nets punch and little things just went wrong in this game for the Raptors the the refs were definitely for some people a big factor I think for most of the game well most of the second half I think that the Nets were shooting around three times as many free throws as the Raptors. It ended up being, I think, 25 to 10 in made free throws, maybe 25 to 13 or 28 to 13 in free throw attempts taken. But the Raptors, definitely that was a factor a little bit. It's just, I'm not talking about the refs, but in getting to the line, the Raptors not getting to the line as often as the Nets. If you watch the game, um, some people might think that that was because the refs were giving the Raptors a bad whistle. Some people might tell you that the Raptors weren't aggressive enough on the inside, didn't have enough motion in their offense, and thus weren't getting the back end of the Nets defense in enough difficult positions to get them out of sorts so that they would be fouling. Either or, you know, it's one loss on the season. You can you can have whichever. I usually tend towards the not ref stuff. So if you're looking to me to tell you what happened, I would say that the Raptors didn't have enough motion caused in the back end of the Nets defense. Now, there, there were definitely bad calls in this game, but that's my opinion. If you disagree, that's okay, too. Definitely there's room for, for all of that aboard the Raptors uh, fan fandom. But things just weren't working out for the Raptors in that first half. It seemed like everybody needed to catch up to Lowry's intensity level. We were waiting on that for a large part of the game, but it never came. And so the Raptors, we saw that happening, and it just, it's tough. That's, sometimes that's the way the world works. Losing one game after winning 15, that's, hey, that's life, you know. But the Raptors, they could have played better, of course. But defensively, I thought they brought it in the first half. That continued on into the second half. Offensively, their woes still continuing. It was almost a full game thing, almost a full 48 of just trying to grind their way through it. And in the third quarter, we saw the Raptors still struggling, still running sloppy sets, 
still inexplicable turnovers, still having a really tough time finding their way. Even when they got into the teeth of the Nets defense, they still had a pretty a pretty disciplined inside and the help defense on the inside was fairly decent. The Raptors missing more outside shots than we're used to, getting smothered on the inside maybe a bit more than we're used to. Guys like Lowry and Siakam aren't saving the day with shot making like we're used to. Serge Ibaka, he's been so fantastic this season. He's had a great run of form in in this winning streak, to be honest, and just playing without Gasol, he's really taken up the mantle of being a fantastic big man. If he had been a starter all year and Gasol wasn't on the team, I, I don't know about the stamina or the wherewithal, but if he played like he does when he is a starter, he, he could have garnered some serious all-star consideration. That's how good he's been on, on both ends. He's not as good offensively, or sorry, he's not as good defensively as he was on offense in most games. But that's, you know, that's the transition in his career is switching from a defensive big to an offensive big. And he does, he should be commended for that as well. But he, he was the biggest offensive option for the Raptors as far as putting the ball in the hole. The last half of the third quarter was embroiled in Kyle Lowry foul drama, I would say. I'll explain the scenario. So it looked like Kyle Lowry should have drawn a foul on Joe Harris while Lowry in, I guess, pseudo transition was pushing to the rim as we've seen him do uh, quite often when the Raptors are down, pushing in transition, trying to get either free throws or get the ball in the bucket at the rim. It ended up going off of Harris after what I thought was a Harris foul. They just called the uh, the possession for the Raptors. There was no foul call. Lowry seemed pretty choked about that. He drew a technical foul for that. Then what happened the next time down the floor is Timothy or Timothy Luwawu Cabarro, uh, TLC, I think is what uh, the Nets fans refer to him as. He was selected, I think, 25th overall in the same draft as Siakam. So, ha, 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 that's kind of funny. But he was carrying the ball up the floor. He passed the ball across the floor. Lowry slid in to take a charge, which I totally get why Lowry did it. For me, the, the play Lowry made was not really a basketball play because Cabarro was just crossing half and while Cabarro definitely was being he was not paying attention and Lowry definitely saw a chance to win a possession because that's what Lowry does and we love that about Lowry but they were so far away from the ball they were so far away from the action that I think the ref saw what Lowry was doing as pedantic and so he called a blocking foul on Lowry. And upon review, they challenged it. Nick Nurse challenged the call. It definitely was not a blocking call. I disagree with that reading of it. But the block charge is one of the hardest calls to make. And it's really hard to overturn. It looked like Lowry was definitely there. It was an unnecessary risk for Lowry to take, I think. But he was definitely correct in thinking that he should have had a charge called on TLC. So that happened. That was his fourth and then Lowry right away, he did earn his next foul. You can see him, he grabbed Garrett Temple's left arm with both of his hands and pulled him towards himself. It was pretty sneaky. I didn't see it until the replay. Obviously, the ref saw it the first time, called a foul. That was Lowry's fifth, and that just meant that the last four minutes or so of that third quarter were embroiled in this Lowry type of drama and Lowry not getting to play until the I think the six and a half minute mark of the fourth quarter was tough because he was the lifeblood of the Raptors for long stretches he was I know Serge Ibaka was hitting shots but Lowry was creating the bulk of them and it's 
it is a tough game, definitely. So the Raptors, Pascal Siakam hit a moonshot of a three to bring it closer. I believe it was 11 going into the fourth quarter they were down. Or maybe, actually it was 10, sorry. It was 10. He shot that, he made it in, and it looked like the Raptors, maybe they might squeeze back into it. But that just didn't really happen. We saw Wilson Chandler banking in threes when it looks like the Raptors are just getting close enough to start thinking about taking over the game. DeAndre Jordan spinning into the lane like Pascal Siakam, hitting and one hook shots with his offhand, his right hand. And it's just sometimes that's the game, man. Like Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, they hit their shots, whatever. Garrett Temple, Torian Prince, they hit their open jumpers, that's fine. But when DeAndre Jordan's hitting these hook shots on you, that's not a huge part of his game. He's a rim runner. If he's hitting hook shots, if he's spinning into the lane, throwing the ball up with his opposite hand, and in a game 101-91 to where scoring is at such a premium to get, those type of baskets and Wilson Chandler banking threes in, that's just, it's it's really, it's backbreaking. The Raptors never got over that hump. And Karis LeVert kind of brought the, the Nets home at the end. The Raptors, try as they might, threw a lot of different looks at the Nets defensively, constantly switching between zone and man, even sometimes in the same set. Just seeing what happens if they run a zone, they run a pick on the zone, if they if they switch it up top and then stay in man defense. Impressive stuff by the Raptors. They definitely played good enough defense to win, but on the other side, they just couldn't score with the Nets, and that sucks to say. But they had a letdown game at the end of a you know a 15-game run. It would have been really cool to take this streak into the All-Star break. I think that's what everybody wanted, and I think that's why everyone is reacting kind of sour to this loss. It makes sense. It would have been very, very nice to win into the All-Star break, obviously, and then keep winning out of it. I mean, th- there's a level of dominance that I think everybody loves to see and especially from your own team. So that's why it was disappointing, but the Raptors, they just couldn't do it, not in this game. And them's the breaks sometimes. That's just how it works. And, you know, that's, hey, 40-15, and I believe. That's a fantastic record at this point in the season. Well, the best they've ever had, I'm pretty sure, at this juncture. And nothing to be sad about, although it was a tough game. And they certainly could have played better offensively. But defensively and the effort that they brought, I think, was was worthwhile to watch. The Reggie Evans Award, I think, should go to Kyle Lowry. He had a triple-double, 12 points, I believe 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Just an all-out monster in the game. His level of compete, there were a couple transition stops he had. Think about Garrett Temple going straight up, trying to get a layup. Suddenly, this sub-six-foot guard is using the rule of verticality and standing him up at the rim. The Nets are in disbelief, even though it's the millionth time Kyle's done that in his career. He's getting stops like that. He's rebounding the ball, chasing down loose balls, creating shots for his teammates who otherwise than getting you know shots fed into their, their mouths like an airplane with a baby wouldn't be able to create their own baskets. He's, do, he's doing that much heavy lifting for the Raptors in this one, and I think he's just deserving of the Reggie Evans Award. The top quick action comment from Andrew says, start the next 15-game winning streak next Friday. That's the spirit. That's what I like to see. Perfect. That's after, you know, recapping this game, that's wonderful to read. I agree with you. Let's start the next 15-game winning streak next Friday. I mean, everyone will likely be healthy. Maybe not Norm, but I'm pretty sure Gasol will be back. Gasol was in a, you know, he's in fantastic form before he went down. 
if everyone can retain how good they've been playing, it's the Raptors' ceiling has yet to be seen this year because spare parts have been a part of the rotation so often. And just to see everyone healthy together, we're all waiting on that. And to just get maybe five or six games of run together as a healthy unit, that's what everybody's waiting on. So yes, Andrew, I agree completely. Let's start the next 15-game win streak next Friday. But that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. The Home Depot has holiday savings of up to 40% on select appliances, like a Whirlpool four-door French door refrigerator for just $15.98. It's perfect for a busy kitchen full of helping hands. That's where its fingerprint-resistant stainless steel finish really shines. Order online and get free delivery. Holiday appliance shopping improved. Up to 40% off select appliances. Now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Continental U.S. only. Wasp supplies last. Valid through December 2nd. Free delivery on orders $396 or more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.